Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Everybody doing well? Applaud if you're doing well. Like, big round of applause if you're doing well. Man, I'm telling you, you're so much the applause about too. Like, football is back with us. That's amazing, isn't it? But real football starts next week. SEC football next week. Uh, only three of us. That's all right, though. No, we want to say thanks for being here. You could have chose, honestly, you could have chose to have been a million other places, but you chose to be right here, and we're thankful for that. And it's good to see there's so many new faces today, and there's so many faces I haven't seen in a while, so welcome back. Uh, if you're, uh, it's the first time back in a while, we're, we're glad you're here. We're glad you feel safe enough uh, to, to be in this building with us and declare Jesus being who he is, the Lord and God of all of our lives. So it's a great time today. It's interesting. We've been in this series, and I'm going to get everybody up to speed. If you haven't been with us, um, we started a series back in, um, I think it was 2007, I think is when we started this series. It's been going on a while. Now, we started in the, in, in the springtime, you know, back in February, March, we started a series uh, called From the Mount, and we're looking at the 19 messages, the sermons that Jesus preached, and they've been amazing to me. I don't know if you've all caught it so far, but there's kind of this one theme throughout the whole, this Sermon on the Mount, and it's this form over content, it's this religion over spirituality, or versus spirituality, and we, you know, Jesus is preaching to these scribes and Pharisees, and he's talking to them about being, about being uh, religious, and he said, like, you know, religion is not going to get you anywhere. He says, you know, I want you to be spiritual, I want you to be in tune with who I am, and today's going to be no different, and I got to tell you that little disclaimer, today's message is brought to you by Publix. Um, because um, th- th- this is where it happened. It, th- anybody else have moments like that? You're just doing life, and God speaks to you, and God just goes, "Hey, you know, are you doing? You know, you're eating dinner or something?" Well, I was at Publix. My wife um, asked me to stop by uh, the grocery store to pick up some stuff. How many other people in there? Like Mexican Monday. Who does Mexican Monday in this place? Nobody, just me. Perfect. Does anybody eat Taco Tuesday? Okay, so Taco Tuesday, and we do whatever Wednesday. You know, that's usually Mexican also, and then. Taco, taco Thursday time, the second time. And so we, we love Mexican food. So my wife asked me, because you can't have Mexican food without having guacamole, right? I mean, you have to have good guacamole. I love guacamole. So I don't like avocados, but I like guacamole. Imagine that, right? I don't like tomatoes, but I love tomato sauce. It's just it's the, uh, the oxymoron that my life is about. But so she asked me to go, and, and it's interesting because I was standing there, and if you ever have a chance, just go to Publix or go to Kroger, wherever your store is, and just kind of eyeball and hang out in the produce aisle for a little while because you see some of the strangest, it's better than Walmart, I'm starting to realize. You see some of the strangest people because everybody has a different way to pick their produce, right? Or their, their vegetable. Like, so here's the deal. Like if I go and my wife says, can you pick us up a couple baked potatoes or sweet potatoes? I know not to get the squishy ones, right? Like you want one that's hard and it doesn't have like, you know, a smell coming from it. That's pretty easy, right? It's easy, right? Or an onion, if it's like, you know, a good Vidalia onion is not going to have a big black spot on the side. You know, it's not going to be, you know, squirming or anything. You're going to push it and it's not going to, you know. So I get that, right? And I can kind of get like, if they have a, you know, what are these things called? Um, they're like an orange. What are, what are these things? Halos. Tangerines. Okay, whatever, whatever they are. It really doesn't make a difference. The oranges. So you get these, you squish them a little bit, and you're like, okay, they feel good, right? As long as there's not mold on the outside of them, who's buying them? Like, we're going to get these, right? Limes, you don't want limes too hard. I get that, right? Because I've I bought some limes. You want to make sure you can squish them in your water and all that. Apples, right? You don't want big bruises on the side of the apple. I get all this, right? Now, the, the melons, have you ever seen this, this person? 
like it's going to talk back to you. I'm a good one. It doesn't do any of that, right? But I, or, or I saw, I saw this, I got to just tell you, I saw this at Publix when I was uh, at Kroger, when I was getting stuff. There was this person, you ever thump a watermelon? So they're thumping a watermelon and I'm going like, what are you doing? Well, it's the amount of echo that comes and can tell us where I'm like, what? You know, like, so, but, but here's why I have the hard time. I, I get nectarines, I get like, mangoes and avocados. I can't figure out. So Gina says, can you pick out some good avocados? So I'm like, and I'm going to tell you, so, hey, baby, how do I figure out what the good avocado looks like or feels like? She goes, squish it. <clears throat> a man's squish is different than a woman's squish, right? So I squish it and it comes out my fingers. And I put that one back. And I'm thinking, that probably was a good one, but now it's not a good one. Somebody else needs to get that one, right? And so I, I just, I, I squeeze it a little bit and squeeze it a little bit, squeeze it. I'm like, that's gotta be a good one, right? So I buy, I, how many you want? She goes, well, we need probably three or four. Okay, so I get three or four and I get them home. And as soon as I, I put the bag down, right? I put the bag down and she goes, no. What do you mean, no? And it's not squishy enough. It's squishy, I could put my finger. The other one that I was like too squishy, and then uh, this one's like, so she went through, no, we'll, we'll have guacamole tomorrow night. And it hit me. This is where it hit me, right in the Publix. Jesus talks about fruit through the whole Bible. And as we're looking at this Sermon on the Mount, today's a defining moment. Because now he's gonna say, do you wanna know true religion? You wanna know what true religion like, what looks like? If you wanna know what true relationship looks, I'm gonna give you the defining thing that, that, that kind, of, kind of divides everything right down the middle. And he says this, and I, I want you to write this down because this is really, really important. The very first point today, before we even get into the passage of scripture, is we need to learn, we need to understand, to examine, this is what Jesus is about to tell us, examine the contacts and the contents of your life. That's what this whole series is about. It's, 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 it's what, the, what, what, what is going on in the inside of us, not so much the outside, not what we look like, but what are we under pressure? What's going on inside of me during my daily life, during my 24-7? And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. He says, beware. Like, if Jesus is saying to beware, I think we should beware. It's like one of those, like, okay, let's just stop. Let's pay attention to this. This is probably really important. Beware of false prophets. Now, I gotta say this. We live about 2,000 years uh, from this being written. We don't get a full understanding of really what false prophets. Remember, the people he was talking to, scribes and Pharisees, religious people, they had you know, four or 5,000 years worth of false prophets. They knew that there was people out there that were, that were saying things or doing things or, or trying to get people to, uh, you know, certain teaching to go a certain direction. And Jesus saying false prophets, you know, I'm going, oh my God, we don't even understand. But maybe we do. Do you know there's a lot of people that are, just because they're online and just because they have a Facebook page or just because they have an Instagram that think, they think that they're the expert in everything. Literally, if they have a computer, they're an expert in everything, right? COVID right now. If you have a, compu a computer and a Facebook, you're an expert on COVID. You can be an like, All you have to do is copy and paste something. You don't even need to know if it's right or it's real. We're, 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 we're experts in what racial and social injustice looks like right now. All you have to do is copy and paste a couple things and you never have to check the source. And what Jesus is saying here is you need to check the contents and the contacts of the things that you're sharing. You need to make sure that your sources are correct. And if they're not, and they continue to say that they're the truth, they're the truth, they're the truth, they may be a false prophet. 
Now, it's interesting here because he's about to draw a dividing line that a lot of us don't even understand. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. They look normal. They look like the rest of us. They probably even come to church occasionally. They probably even give a tie check every once in a while. They, they probably have sang on our worship team at some point. They probably have taught ministries in our church because he says they, they, look, like she, they look like sheep, but they're wolves. He's saying they're, the Bible even says this about Satan. He says he masquerades as an angel of light. He looks just like everybody else. And Jesus is saying, you have to be aware of this. He said, you will recognize now, here's this. Here's the defiler. You will recognize them by their fruits, by what their, life, what their life puts out, how they act when they're around people, how they act when they're by themselves, how they act, how they talk, what they say, how they respond. You'll know them by their fruits. You'll know them by the, ha- the, the, the things that they do. He says, you will recognize them by their fruits. And he says, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruit. So here's what he's saying. He's saying there's people out there intentionally trying to deceive us, trying to deceive you. There's people, they, false prophets, there's people that say certain things, they act, like a, you know, they act a certain way, they may even wear the t-shirt, but you've got to judge them, and how you judge them or how you, how you identify them is by their fruits, are they, are, are, are what they're living, how they're living lining up with what they're saying. But there's another level, you have to peel it back a little bit, there's another level to this. I think this story, it's a challenge for us to check our own, our own fruit, to investigate what's going on in our own lives. How are we lining up to this thing? Are we saying one thing and doing another? Are we leading people astray by the lifestyle that we have? Is there enough evidence that, 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 that if, 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 if we told somebody that we're a believer, is there enough evidence in our lives to even to warrant that? And then we know this because we read it a couple weeks ago. It's not about judging so much the other person or the other thing, or maybe it's the order of how we do things. And remember we talked about this, to take the log out of your eye before you worry about the speck in somebody else's eye? I think this, goes, this comes into play in this passage of Scripture. Yeah, there's false prophets, but make sure you're not one. Make sure you're not one leading somebody astray. So make sure you're checking out the log that's in your own eye. The Bible says in verse 20, thus you will recognize them by their fruits. And you know what this is? This is really a warning to watch out for fake. This is a warning. Anybody ever have something fake? Maybe a baseball card or maybe, a, a, maybe, maybe a, a coin that you thought was real valuable or maybe you bought something and found out it was an imposter and the value of that goes down? I was reading a story about a, a girl that, that bought um, some succulents. This is a journey horticulture class today, okay? So bought some succulents or like cactuses and all those things that you barely have to water. And she developed a, warning, a watering plan that she was gonna give them three ounces. That's what the book, three ounces of water. She put three ounces of water every day. She put this little succulent. She would wipe the, the dust off the leaves and she would take care of them. A couple months later, she realized that it wasn't growing. And so she decided because, you know, sometimes plants become pot bound. They could become root bound and they need to be put in another pot. So she decides that she's going to, she gets this other pot already and she finds out what she's supposed to, the amount of sand, dirt and the rock and all that kind of stuff. She puts it all in there and she dumps out. She gets ready to dump out the plant. She's very, very tender in her care of it. She leans it over. And when she leans it over, all of a sudden she realizes 
It's just some plastic stems put into a styrofoam block and there was glue that was holding the sand on the top. The whole time she was watering and taking care of a fake plant. This story is given by Jesus to make sure we're not deceived by fake plants. It's something that happens all the time. Jesus is saying, make sure that what you're believing, make sure the contacts and the, you know, the content of your life is true. Make sure it's good. Make sure it's, it's worthy of, of this fruit thing. And a telltale sign, to be honest with you, of authentic, of real when I say the word authentic, I mean genuine faith. You know what the, you know what the, you know what the, the telltale sign is? Your fruits, my fruits, what, what, what my life looks like. So many people think that fruits, when I'm talking about, I'm not talking about your religious work. As a matter of fact, we're going to learn, I think it's next week. It's not about religious work because Jesus actually uh, kind of gets on a group of people and says, yeah, you did great works. And you know, Lord, Lord, I did miracles in your name. And he goes, I never knew you. I didn't even know who you were. And so it's not about our works, it's about our actions, it's about our, our personal holiness, it's the way we represent Jesus Christ in the world that we live in. That's it. That's fruits, how we represent Jesus Christ in the world we live in. The word fruits is actually, in this context, is the word karpos, and this is what it means. It refers more to who the individuals are and how they behave for they can say the right things. So it's not the words. They, they can say the right things and still deceive. Character, character completely tests the fruits. Your character, my character, determines my fruit, how my fruit is. Galatians says it like this. Galatians chapter 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is what it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and I love this last line, against such things there is no law, meaning this, you can have as much of this fruit as you want, you are not gonna get sick from it. You can have as much, you, you, can't, you can't get all of this. And that's the fruit that God wants us to have. That's what we're investigating. That's what we're, when we're tapping on our, our lives, we're seeing if we have those things. Do we have goodness? Do we have faithfulness? Are we, are we acting like Christ? Are we, we, are we representing Jesus in our marriages? Like Ephesians 6 says, our husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for wives. Submit. Are we doing that? You're tapping it and going, hey, listen, is the fruit good in here? That determines. And we need to all, I'll just be honest with you. We, this, and if you're a guest here at Journey, we are not usually like, but maybe we should be. I think it's time that we do a little fruit inspection of our own personal lives. Like, I think it's time that we have, what a great time, the 9.30, to sit down and go, search me, God, search out these things. And if there's some things going on in our lives, I love the way 2 Corinthians says it. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in faith. Test yourself. It says, man, strong words, test yourselves. Or do you not realize that this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless you indeed and like I said, you fail to meet the test. Well, Bobby, what's the criteria for the test? I didn't even study. Well, this, this test is one you deal with every day of your life, 24-7. How, how about this? How about this? Ask yourselves a few questions. How, how do you treat others? With love, with kindness and respect? This is a pastor fail, y'all. This isn't like I got six out of 10. This is a pastor fail. 
When I'm, when I'm dealing with people at the grocery store, when I'm dealing with people online and maybe don't agree with me, I love the fact that we sang that song. That is a powerful song we sang at the end. And it's one of those deals where, man, I'm glad we have something that all of us can stand on, right? The, the rock of Jesus Christ, that cross of Jesus Christ is the only thing we, we can't stand on politics. We can't stand on government. We can't stand on whatever else is out there, but I can stand on Jesus. So how do you, how are you doing that? You know, love and kindness. How about this? Do you have a sense of joy in your life? Man, I meet a lot of people that look like they were baptized in pickle juice. Man, I had a friend of mine post something the, uh, the other day on Facebook and I happened to be going through and somebody said, hey, don't you know this guy? Is this, a, this, was this, this is my happy face. My dude, I had Jesus Christ in my life. I have been redeemed. I am God's child. I should have a smile on my face. Did I say that everything in life is gonna be good? No, 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 no. But you know something? One of the great things, I can weather the storm because who he is. How about this? How are you doing experiencing God's peace? I'm amazed at the people that seem to have the most turmoil in their lives. They talk the game, the fruit looks good, but the peace of Jesus isn't in them. And they constantly start, and I really feel like it's probably an internal battle more than it's an external battle at times. How are you doing on that? How are you doing on this? How are you doing with showing patience when things don't go your way? Hello? How about this? Do you correct with gentleness when you have a disagreement with somebody? So I got this, I got this little puppy dog. Um, it's a couple months old now. And the dog's name is Luna for lunatic. <laughs> and she's a, she's a double doodle. It's a real thing. Mom is a golden doodle and dad, or the other way around, is a, is a labradoodle. So she's this cute thing. They told us that she's going to be 70 pounds, which just doesn't sound very cute anymore. <laughs> but my wife talks to the dog, oh, Luna, come here. You're so sweet. You're my little baby. Like Luna. You know what Luna does? Yes, I love the dog, and she cuddles with me. Stop it. <laughs> but when I need to be the mean dad... And you know what she does? She does. She, she comes and she stands right by me for a minute. And then she licks my leg. Come on, Dad. And I go, oh, baby, you're so cute. But you know what I realized? I, I found, found this out. I could say anything. It's about the tone of my voice. It has nothing to do with the contents of the words. She's coming because the tone of my voice. And it made me think, how am I doing that with my human friends? When I have to correct somebody, am I doing it with gentleness, like Jesus would do it? That's fruit, y'all. That's what he's talking about right there when he says, you'll know them by their fruit. How you doing with that? How about this? How about, how you doing with the self-control deal? It, it, it's easy to have self-control when nobody else is looking, isn't it? I mean, when everybody else is looking. It's hard to have it when nobody else is looking. It's hard to have it when the middle of the night, but how you doing with that? And then are you faithful to God? Are you faithful to your friends? Are you faithful to your boss? Are you faithful to your spouse? That's a pass or fail, y'all. And that's what he's talking about. And if the examination shows bad fruit, we've got to do something about it, don't we? 
We just can't have it because here's the deal. You ever seen a rotten apple get turned back into a good apple because it was sitting by a good apple? Just like you can't make a pickle, pickle a cucumber again, it never goes back to being a cucumber, does it? You gotta do something about it. If you, if you want the rottenness out, you gotta take the rotten out and you gotta do something with the good ones. You gotta foster the good ones. And that means we gotta do this. That means if there's some things that we tested and we failed on, then maybe we need to have a conversation. Maybe, maybe something like this. God, take away the anger of my heart and, and replace it with love. Replace it with the good stuff. Or take away this bitterness. I've got this hurt way down and it makes me bitter about everything. I can't trust anybody anymore because of that relational breakdown. I can't do these things because that happened. God, take away the bitterness and bring back in peace and joy and love. How about this one? All the inner turmoil that's in my life. God, can you give me a heart of grace and a heart of peace? Just give it to me. Can I have that? Here's the prayer, 930 prayer. Take away everything that doesn't represent Jesus. Take away everything that doesn't represent you, Jesus. He tells us in verse 17 what healthy looks like. He said, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. So if it's good fruit that's coming out of your life, that means there's good stuff. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruit. So when I was... 17, 16, 17 years old, I wanted to be a horticulturist. I wanted to go for landscape architecture. So I went to school. I went to the track of learning things. And I found out that a plant, a healthy plant, needs about four things. It needs sunlight, right? It needs sunlight. Every plant, most every plant needs sunlight. It needs water. It needs fertilizer. And it needs a growing medium, something that it can grow in that's healthy. And you know what I was thinking about? We as human beings, we as believers of Jesus Christ, we need that also, don't we? We need a healthy place. We need healthy environments. We need, we need, we need healthy fertilization. So what does that look like? Well, let, let me give you a couple things. If you're taking some notes, I want, you, I want you to write these down there. Here's the first thing, and I know this sounds very basic, and this is not a ploy to get more people to come to church and have 100% of what we used to have. And it is a, I think church is an important thing in a believer's life. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembly of the righteous. The Bible says we're two or three, and I know two or three can be at your house, but I'm gonna tell you something. You sound better when you're singing with a group of people than you sing by yourself. <laughs> Somebody say amen to that. Plus the fact you're a lot more relaxed when your kids are over there and you're over here by yourself. So I'm gonna encourage you. I had a friend of mine, and he said, Bobby, and I wasn't guilty. I wasn't, like I said, hey, I miss, just miss seeing you. Some of you guys have probably gotten this text. Hey, I just miss seeing you. I want you to know I'm praying for you. It's not, I'm not trying to guilt you into something. I honestly miss seeing you. I miss, I miss hugging my friends. I'm, I, miss, I miss shaking people. I, I, I'm so ready for the day that I don't have to walk on this campus with a mask. I, I, you know, it's one of, I'm, I'm ready for my buddy Michael Key, who's in first service, that hugs me every time he sees me. And he doesn't know what to do right now. He's like, we feel like, it looks like that, that really weird love scene, like, like two middle school kids at a dance. Like, like, I don't know where to put my, I'm ready for that. But regardless, if we can't do that, we can still have church, can't we? And we can still be in church and we can still sing songs to the air. We can publicly pray and read God's word. So that's, that, that's one. Here's another one. I would say somehow or another, get in community. Get in community with other believers. That's, that's, that's another thing. And if you're not in a small group, I'm gonna encourage you to be in a small group. I don't know if you guys know this, 
but from teenagers down, it's almost forced community. They have small groups in children's ministry. So your kids, if you have kids over there, or if you have kids in JSM, they go to small groups. They have a small group leader. They, they, they cure the cement of what they're learning today as a big group, and they sing together, and then they go. And I'm telling you, it's not just for kids. It's for adults. We need it too. You know why? Because I need to be around people that aren't like me. You hear me? I need to be around people that may rub me the wrong way every once in a while that knock off the callousness of my life. So, Bobby, I don't agree with anything. You know something? I don't agree with myself sometimes. Y'all ever have that situation? You, like, you don't even know, like, I don't even know if I believe what I believe. Here, so, community. Third thing is this. Find a place to serve. I'm telling you, there is something about, it's fruit. It's all, almost automatic fruit. Find a place. Campus connection. Get one of the red shirts. Beautiful feet. There's so many serving opportunities. If you can sing or play an instrument or you can run a camera, get involved with the creative. If you love teenagers, man, JSM, even if you don't love teenagers, there's things you can do if you don't love teenagers. You can be on the security team here on Wednesday nights. Serve, figure a place out to serve because I'm telling you, you will get more out of it than anybody else. And here's the last, and this is not in the order. This is get in God's word. Get in God's word. Start reading God's word. Start somewhere. Start in the book of John. This book is filled with ways that we can produce fruit in our lives so we can be successful. That's what God wants us to be. Remember we read that in 1 Peter last week? Or 2 Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry. We, we read that this, this is for productivity. If you want to be productive and useful, well, get in God's word. We offer Bible studies here on Tuesday night. We call them access groups. They're a brand new group of them starting. There's a men's Bible study and a women's Bible study starting Tuesday night. Come Tuesday night. All these things you can find out about in our, our next step series, so I'd encourage you to go over there. So that's the first one. Contents, contacts and contents. Here's the second thing. We need to learn to identify and develop habits that will ensure fruitfulness. If we want to be fruitful, then we need to put the things in our lives that make us fruitful, right? So during my sabbatical, I read, I don't know, 40, 50 books. I, read, I took a couple college classes, but one of the books I visited was a book by Stephen Covey, Seven uh, uh, Highly Effective Habits, uh, Seven Highly Effective Habits of Successful People, something like that. I don't remember the exact name of it, but I read it. And one of the things that I learned about that is successful people aren't successful because they're lucky. Successful people aren't successful because they're wealthy. Successful people aren't, you know, because they're at the right place. Successful people are successful because they put the time in it and they develop habits that make them successful. They put certain things in their lives to ensure that they're going to be successful. And when I think of the word fruitful, I think of the word successful. And when I think of the word successful, I think of the word fruitful. So I thought, what are some things that we can do as a church? Well, there's a passage in Psalms chapter one, and it literally talks about it. It talks about this, what fruitfulness looks like. And it's David saying this. Now, I want you to understand when I say success, I'm not talking about having more money. Everybody on the same sheet of music? And when I'm talking about success, I'm not talking about having a bigger house or a better job. When I'm talking about success, I think I can de define success this, like this. I think fruitfulness and success is knowing God's will for my, for my life and achieving it. It's knowing God's will for my life, whatever God's will is for my, whatever he wants me to do, if I'm doing it, if I figured it out, if I'm walking down that trail, I'm successful. I'm fruitful. I'm doing the will of the Father in that situation. So what does it look like? Psalms chapter one, this is what David says. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now watch this, this is verse three, this is it. 
He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. How many people want that to be the story of their life? In everything in your marriage, you're prospering. In your workplace, you're prospering. In your ministry, you're prospering. In your raising of your kids, you're prospering. In your finances, you're prospering. Well, if successful people do certain things, let's look at this. What does this look like? Because it says, then the wicked are not so, but they're like chaff that the wind drives away. So here's the first thing. According to David, if you want to be fruitful and successful, here's the first thing we need to do. We need to stay clear of the crowd. How many people know the crowd will lead them astray? The crowd will lead you astray. Let, let me tell you what. Being around the wrong people will change you that fast. So I have a friend of mine. Occasionally I hang out with this person. We were talking about this in the green room uh, between services. He has a hard time saying the word supposedly. Okay? Let's, let's say it together. Supposedly. Let's try it again. Supposedly. That's not how he says it. He says it supposedly. 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 So you know what happens after being with him a couple hours? Guess who says it wrong? That's proof right there that if I'm hanging out with the wrong people, all the, listen, bad habits corrupt good stuff. This is not just for teenagers. This is not just for little kids. This is for moms and dads. Some of the people, some of the crowd that we're hanging, we gotta be careful. This is what he says right here. And he, and he says it, Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. He's saying, the crowd that you're hanging around with, listen, I'm reading through the Bible, and you know what I'm real? Almost every successful person, anybody that has any fruit, has had to push back away from the crowd. Moses, y'all remember the story of Moses? He goes to Pharaoh, he says, let my people go. Soon as he crosses the Red Sea, the crowd starts coming against him. The people, the people that were all on his team now are going, you know something? It would be better we just go back to Egypt. It would be better we just die back there. You brought us out here to die. And all of a sudden, all these people are chirping and chirping and chirping in his ear. And you know what he has to do? He has to literally get in front of them. So he's leading them from front. He's leaving all that stuff back here. And he's going, you know something? I'm just going to lead from And then eventually, he's got to go up away from them. And when he goes to Mount Sinai, right? And when he gets to Mount Sinai, he connects with the Father. He's saying, listen, listen, that crowd will lead you astray. And how about, how about Noah? Do you ever think about the character of Noah? I mean, it never rained to this point. Never rained. And he starts building a boat. Could you imagine for like, what are you doing, you crazy old? Building a boat. What you building a boat for? It's going to rain. No, what you doing? The crowd was coming against him, telling him like, you're crazy. Like, God would never do this. How crazy was he when that first black cloud came from the horizon and that raindrop started? How about, did you ever read the book of Daniel? There's a character by the name of Daniel. Isn't that pretty cool? Daniel, Daniel. Just. Nebuchadnezzar says, you're gonna eat these foods. And he goes, no, I'm not. He said, no, 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 you gotta understand, you're eating these things. He goes, I'm not gonna cheat my father. And a couple chapters later, we have these three Hebrew boys we meet, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The crowd is all standing around. They're having this worship service toward Nebuchadnezzar. 
Nebuchadnezzar says to the, the, guy, the main instrument, the, the guy that's on the worship team for that, that group of people, he goes, he's gonna sound the alarm. He's gonna blow his trumpet. And when he blows his trumpet, everybody's gonna bow to me. I could just see it. Three Hebrew boys just sitting there going, we ain't gonna bow. The crowd, the crowd, the crowd is, he is furious. He has everybody stand up. He goes, we're gonna do it again. We're gonna blow it. When I blow the trumpet, everybody's gonna bow. bow. The crowd is gonna bow. There it is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just standing there. The crowd will lead you astray. Interesting story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Eventually, what happened is the crowd was turned after they saw the real God do what the real God does. Nebuchadnezzar commanded them to serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All throughout the Bible, the crowd would lead people astray, and God was calling them back. How about in your life? I love reading about Walt Disney. Walt Disney is one of my favorite visionaries. Everybody knows who Walt Disney is, right? A little place down the south. I hear you can get in real easy right now because there's not a lot of travel going on. So now's a good time to go to Disney World. But I love, so he, he used to say this. He goes, he had a council of 10, and he said that if all 10 of them would come back when he pitched an idea and the answer was no, he would immediately do it. By the way, they voted zero to 10 for Disney World. It'll never work. It'll never work. Walt, your idea is great. The crowd, the crowd will lead you astray. Here's the second thing we gotta get. We need to learn the crowd, and then we need to learn to examine what we think about. What we think about will lead us to being fruitful or, or not fruitful. What we put our mind, the Bible says, set your mind on things above in Colossians. So many times we set our minds on all the other things. If we want to be fruitful, we need to have a one-track mind. And that track needs to be on the good things of God. It says, but his delight, in verse 2, is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Successful people, successful people are the ones I know that are successful in business, but especially spiritual things, have a one-track mind. And, and you know where it leads them? It always leads them to righteousness. And not righteousness by deceit. You ever been around a person that uses deceit for successfulness? I was reading a story in Forbes magazine. It was a story about a, a cigar aficionado, a guy that had some of the most expensive cigars. Some of his cigars were in the thousands, tens of thousands. He had several of them, about 200 of them, that were $100,000 each. So he went to an insurance company. And the insurance company, he said, I want to ensure that my cigars don't go up in flames, that, that there's, there's never a fire that takes them all out. And the guy says, yep, we can do that. It'll cost you so many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, but you can, you can insure every one of your cigars. So he insures every one of his cigars. About a year later, he goes to the uh, insurance company with a claim. He said, my 200 most expensive cigars have been burnt up. Well, how were they burnt up? He goes, I smoked them. <laughs> he said, I smoked them. I smoked every one of them. And he said, you're going, to, you're, going to file, you're going to file this claim and you're going to give me my millions of dollars because that's what the contract says. If they got burnt up, they got burnt up. And the guy says, no, 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 you don't understand. That's not, he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. Well, he ended up taking it to court and the court ruled for him saying, in fact, the cigars were damaged the exact way that the insurance policy was supposed to cover. They got burnt up in fire. So the, the insurance guy is taking the check over, millions of dollars, and he hands him the check and he goes, well, who's the other guy? He goes, that's the fire marshal. He's here to arrest you for arson now. 
Could you imagine that? One track mind. Set your mind on things above. How's that going right now in your life? That, that, that's where true fruit comes, when we set our mind in the right place. I, I love the way Joshua says it. Moses has died and Joshua is taking his place. And it says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. When we put God first, great things happen. Here's a fact, and we're gonna close right here. Here's the third thing. We need to plant in the right environment. I love this. This is my favorite part of this. Verse three, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and a leaf does not wither. In all it does, he prospers. Did you hear that? The sun is scorching down on this leaf and the leaf does not wither. And it says in all these things, they're prosperous. In all these things, he prospers. The wicked are not so. You know something? I'm gonna let you guys in a huge truth. I know I'm, I, it's 2020. You know what the caveat, we're gonna have an asterisk for the rest of our lives as long as we're li- we live about 2020. You imagine the history books that your kids are gonna read, what they're gonna read about 2020. But there's some kind of way, like in the church, there's been a huge lie that nothing in life is gonna be difficult. Let, let me tell you the world's biggest lie. Life is not easy. Count it pure joy when struggles of many kinds come your way. Over and over and over again in Scripture, we see that life is hard. Life is difficult. There's times where it doesn't make sense. The sun beats down on us. The, 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 the hurricane comes. We have death in our lives. We have cancer in our lives. I was thinking about a sweet, precious woman that comes to our church that's having to watch her husband right in front of her eyes pass away. I sent her a message this morning and I wanted to go, man, life is not fair. Life sucks. Like a Christian shouldn't be, we, we shouldn't have to go through this kind of stuff. But you know what I'm finding out? The best fruit, some of the greatest times in our life come after the most difficult times. Even though the sun beats down, that leaf doesn't wither and the best fruit comes out. The biggest struggles I, I, I do quite a few weddings and I was reminded of something that I say in every wedding. And I pull a ring and I think I've, I've shared this before, but I pull rings out and, and I talk about the metal that's on there. And this is a rubber one, so it doesn't really count, but you know, you have a real nice, that, that the metal is cured better from the heat. And you know what I'm finding out in my own personal life? It's not the easy times that grow good fruit, it's the hard times that grow good fruit. It's when life doesn't make sense or when there's a relational breakdown and I have to trust in God or when somebody posts something on Facebook negative about us or me. It's in those moments that I see the best come out of me when I don't respond. Or literally this morning when I saw something that somebody posted about me. And instead of freaking out and starting to try to rebut, I literally fell to my knees and I prayed for that person. That's fruit. That's fruit. I was reading a story this past week. It's about a famous painter. And he, um, he was over in Europe. His name was Paul Gustav 
uh, door and he was traveling in Europe and he forgot his, his passport. And so he tried to cross from one country to another and they were like, no, 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 you can't come across. And he said, but I am, I am Mr. Door. I am, I am, I am the, one of the world's most famous, like and he started naming all his famous paintings. He said, you don't have any, no credentials. No, no, you can't go through. And he goes, but I, that's, I'm telling you, that's who I am. And the guy said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a test. And if you pass the test, I'll let you come through. About that time, he picked up a piece of paper and he picked up a pencil. And he said, I want you to draw those three peasant girls over there. Super quick, super accurate. He drew this most beautiful painting or this picture of these three peasant girls. He said, well, you're, you're surely who you say you are. I'm sorry that we didn't let you. Come on through. And it made me think about this. It made me think about this passage. It made me think about the fruit in our life. It's not our words that we're gonna be judged by. It's our works that we're gonna be judged by. It's not the things we say. It's the things we do. See, I can say a lot of stuff and lots of people can say a lot of stuff. But like Jesus said, you'll know them Thus, you will know them by their fruits. So this is what I, I think would be appropriate for us to do. We have a week or so, two weeks left in our 930. And I think in our lives, not your spouse's life, not your kid's life, not your mom's life, in your life, that's a good one. That one right there, we can make something out of that one. How about your life? What, what are you willing to investigate? What are you willing, how deep are you willing to go to ask God to check and inspect your fruit? Let's pray real quick. God, today was a little different. And today could have, and some people could think, well, today was a little judgmental. No, today is inspirational. Today's a day where I can look at what I am, who I am, what I've become. I can dump the bitterness out, that fruit that's rotten, the envy, the strife, the anger, the resentment, the hurt. I can dump those things out today and I can start growing something brand new in my life. I can start growing some fruit today that God, you would be proud of. And it starts as John says, he who abides in me, I abide, and they bear much fruit. And the only way we can be fruitful is when we put you, God, in charge first and foremost of everything. It's when we ask Jesus to be the Lord and God of our lives. And so, God, I have a feeling there's a few people here, maybe down at Sherwood, maybe over in our atrium, that have never crossed that line. They've never made that decision. All they see is bad fruit. They see all the stuff that they've done in their lives. And God, today, you want them to abide in you and start to produce some good fruit. And I pray those conversations, I pray those people today would stay up after service and talk to somebody up front or go over to our Next Steps area and talk to one of our Next Steps people. 
about how they can take a next step into knowing who you are. And then for the rest of us, God, that we would investigate the things in our lives that we would want to produce good fruit so we can be what you want us to be in the world that you've called us to live in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help talking about your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.